0: What's happening, everybody? On today's show, it is officially the national championship game tonight. The Georgia Bulldogs of the SEC taking on the TCU Horned Frogs. We'll preview the action with our buddy Danny Cannell as he tells us what to watch for. Also, we'll hit on some other SEC topics with Danny. We'll give you the latest transfer portal movement from over the weekend from all around the conference. Locked on SEC starts right now.
1: You are Locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference.
0: And what is happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Uh, LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Locked On College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. Remember, Locked On SEC is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube and at LockedOnSEC.com. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference.
1: Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the
0: conference. And we start with the national championship game coming up tonight. We'll get into a lot more of it with Danny Cannell in a little bit. But the uh, Georgia Bulldogs, the Kirby Smart, going for their second straight national championship in Los Angeles tonight against TCU over the weekend. Kirby and Sonny Dykes from TCU had a joint press conference as part of the college football playoff media day. Kirby had plenty of praise for TCU's defense. He said, when you look at their 3-3-5 scheme, it allows you to take more depth on your defense, take all the scheme out. It's how you play and how you strike people. He credited how TCU plays defense as, quote, a thing of beauty. Bulldogs are the biggest favorite in recent history of the national title game. As of now, bet online still is as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite. That's the biggest spread since... You got to go back to 2014 when Florida State was a 10 point favorite over Auburn. They only won by three. Prior to that, Miami was a 12 point favorite in 2003. They lost that game to Ohio State in double overtime. So just because Georgia's a big favorite doesn't mean they're guaranteed to win this. If they don't come ready to play, TCU can play one of their best games of the season and they could beat Georgia. Let's see if that happens. But for Locked on SEC's sake, look, we like the SEC winning national titles. Uh, whether you're a Georgia fan or not, let's get another title for the conference to keep showing the SEC dominance, right? I mean, how unsufferable would that be if the Big 12 wins a uh, wins a national championship with TCU, of all people? Uh, let's get to some other SEC news. Shane Beamer over at South Carolina officially getting an extension with a bump in pay. Beamer will go into his third season with the Gamecocks on a five-year deal that will run through the 2027 season. Chris Lowe of ESPN saying that Beamer will make $6.1 million next year. His salary will increase every year, averaging $6.6 million, so it'll be $33 million over five seasons. Beamer's 45 years old. He uh, released a statement, said, I'm very grateful to the school president, Coach Tanner, Chance Miller, and our board of trustees for their belief in what we're doing as a football program. South Carolina 15-11 and 11 in two seasons under Beamer, but it's a far cry from where they were prior to him getting there. So congrats to Shane Beamer and Gamecock fans. A few notes, though, uh, former South Carolina running back Marshawn Lloyd, who had entered the transfer portal, he announced over the weekend he sent out to the West Coast he will play at USC. So... Kind of funny from USC on the East Coast to USC on the West Coast. Also, former five-star edge rusher Jordan birch he entered the transfer portal at uh, South Carolina. So, a little bit of a loss there for them. Over Kentucky, J.J. Weaver has been a big part of that Kentucky defense. The last couple seasons, he announced over the weekend that he is coming back for another year. Played 11 games this past year, recorded 47 tackles, three sacks, A couple of fumble recoveries and a couple of forced fumbles. And a big get back for Kentucky as he'll be a team leader for that defense heading into next year. In addition, the Wildcats are also getting offensive lineman Kenneth Horsey back for another season. And uh, reports say he could shift back to his natural position of guard. So a couple of good uh, returnees there for the Kentucky Wildcats. Over at Tennessee... They have reportedly promoted Joey Halsley to their uh, offensive coordinator spot. He was their quarterback's coach, has worked with Josh Heupel for 15 years. He coached Hendon Hooker these past two seasons where the offense has been outstanding and looked pretty good with Joe Milton under center in the bowl game, the win over Clemson in the Orange Bowl. So uh, here's hoping for Tennessee's sake, no drop off there and just a fluid uh, transition to Halsley stepping in there as the new OC under Heupel. Quick SEC note, Ivan Mizell of On3Sports, he caught up with SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey over the weekend at the uh, National Championship in L.A., and uh, Sankey was asked about a number of things, including NIL and the changing landscape of college football. He said that the state state of regulation is one of constant adaptation, Uh, and he added that he remains buoyed by the public response to the game as it undergoes significant change. He said has it manifested itself in the way we thought, uh, yeah, in many ways it has, but that doesn't mean it's the right destination, and uh, he said one of the biggest challenges is all the different states with different stipulations when it comes to regulating uh, NIL and what's legal, what's not, what kids can profit, what kids can't, and what states and all that, so uh, a lot of challenges still going there. It's a topic we constantly are asking Greg Sankey about it at SEC Media Days every year, and we'll do it again coming up this summer. All right, let's get to the transfer portal. A lot of movement going around, and honestly, we've got a lot of guys going from one SEC school to another. Trevez Johnson, former Florida defensive back, he is committed to Mizzou. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz wrote on Twitter Sunday night, the Tigers are going to hit the Daily Double. Uh, Jacksonville native appeared in 34 games over the last three seasons at Florida and made 16 starts. One of his best games at Florida came in the win over south florida this past year where he had three tackles and a big interception in the fourth quarter to set up the game-winning td uh one other nugget on mizzou d lineman trajan jeff coat announced a few days ago he was coming back to mizzou now he is reportedly in the transfer portal be a grad transfer so sounds like he had a change of heart over at florida deuce spurlock he is heading to the florida gators after a year at michigan he announced his pledge to the Gators on Sunday. He was a class of 2022 prospect, was a 3 star the number 91 linebacker. Played in two games last year for the Wolverines as a freshman. Had three tackles in their win over Hawaii. Over at uh, South Carolina, they added an offensive lineman from Western Illinois, Sidney Fugar. A, he's a Maryland native, 6'5", 332 pounds. Heads to the SEC after two seasons in the FCS. Played nine games this year. Uh, will have three years of eligibility remaining. Back over at Mizzou, they landed a commitment from Eastern Michigan transfer offensive lineman Marcellus Johnson on Sunday. Spent the last five years at Eastern Michigan, but he redshirted and he got the COVID year, so he will have a sixth season, which he will use for the Mizzou Tigers. Over at South Carolina, Jerron Willis. After a year at Ole Miss, he is heading to South Carolina to play for Shane Beamer he was a four-star a number 19 edge defender in the 24-7 sports composite rankings for the class of 2022 signed with Ole Miss had offers from everybody will have four seasons of eligibility remaining made just one appearance at Ole Miss this year uh, which allowed him to redshirt this year played in the Central Arkansas game but did not record any stats Zach Garnett over at Mississippi State getting a transfer after three seasons at Indiana. Christopher Keys coming back to Mississippi, and he will play for the Bulldogs. He will have three seasons of eligibility remaining. Played in just five games in his first two seasons. Uh, made three appearances as a freshman in 2020. Uh, his 2021 season was cut short due to injury. Uh, this past year, played in 10 games for the Hoosiers. Made his first career start in the Michigan game, recorded a pass breakup. So uh, defensive back help there for Mississippi State in Chris Keys. Brian Kelly at LSU made some noise last night as he got a couple of key transfers. Deuce Chestnut, uh, former Syracuse cornerback, he announced he is heading to the LSU Tigers. Had 83 tackles and four interceptions in his two seasons at Syracuse. Uh, was honorable mention on the all-ACC team, so uh, good news there for Brian Kelly. And then uh, J.K. Johnson, a cornerback from Ohio State, entered the transfer portal a few days ago. He changed his social media to include pictures of him in an LSU uniform. He's from the St. Louis area, was a four-star prospect, was the number three cornerback in the class of 2021. So uh, big pickups there for LSU. By the way, their DB, Jarek Bernard Converse, who came to LSU this past season after many years at Oklahoma State, he has officially Announced uh, his decision to declare for the NFL draft. Played in 13 games for LSU this year, started nine of them, and uh, had a couple of interceptions. Played very well for the Tigers. Over at Alabama, Christian Leary had announced he had entered the transfer portal, and sounds like he is had a change of heart and will head to the ACC. He had originally committed to uh, go play at UCF with Gus Malzahn, but on Sunday he announced he is now going to Georgia Tech two years with the crimson tide he appeared in 11 games three catches for 10 yards and a touchdown was four-star prospect the number 10 receiver in the 2021 class over at arkansas they've had some issues with their defense and now they are parting ways with db's coach dominique bowman he was only there one season came over from marshall a miles slusher who had entered the transfer portal he had uh, decided to commit to Louisville, but now he's had a change of heart. He is going to Colorado to go play for Deion Sanders. He'll have two years of eligibility to play for the Buffs. Uh, Al Walcott played for a former SEC team, the la- or coached the last three seasons. He is heading to Arkansas, called off a planned visit to Florida. will be a fifth-year senior for the Hogs uh, after playing for Dave Aranda over at Baylor the last few years. He'll play alongside a familiar face. Uh, Arkansas recently landed fellow former Baylor defensive back Snacks Johnson. So Al Walcott will join him. Uh, Antonio Greer, South Florida linebacker, he also announced he is heading to Arkansas. Four seasons at South Florida, tallied 10 sacks and over 200 tackles. So good pickups there for Arkansas. In some recruiting news... Kirby Smart got some good news on Saturday during the uh, All-American Bowl, and all-star game, recognizing some of the top prospects in recruiting. Uh, safety Peyton Woodyard announced he is heading to Georgia. He's a 2024 defensive back, currently listed at 6'2", 188 pounds, the number two prospect from the state of California and the number two safety in the 2024 recruiting class. So a good early pickup for them. Over at Florida, Caden Jones, an offensive tackle from New Orleans, announced his commitment to go play for the Gators. So good pickup there for Billy Napier. Uh, It was a big day for Auburn over the weekend. Defensive back C.J. Johnson from the Houston area announced his commitment to go play for Auburn. Also, Tyler Scott, a three-star corner out of the Georgia area, he announced at the All-American Bowl. He is committed to Auburn. Uh, Lawrence Johnson ending his career five seasons at Purdue, edge rusher there he will he is committed to auburn he played in 46 games had the most tackles of his career in 2021 uh with uh, four and a half tackles for a loss that year so big uh addition to the D line there for auburn and lawrence johnson and then demario Tolan former lsu linebacker he announced he's transferring to auburn after one season at lsu played in 12 games for lsu this past year And former Auburn defensive coordinator Jeff Schmetting is reportedly heading out west. He has finalized a deal to be Washington State's new defensive coordinator, according to ESPN. So there you go. That is the latest news going on around the conference. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Coming up next, our conversation with Danny Connell. Uh, courtesy of our friends at betonline Online, but this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. And our friends at LinkedIn Jobs want to let you know: as a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success this year all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. Using LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, the values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond just resume data. They use insights from your job post company and their 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. Again, LinkedIn Jobs making it easy for you to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications all on one platform. LinkedIn Jobs, helping you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. That's linkedin.com slash lockedoncollege. Go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Run right along here, locked on SEC. One of our favorite guys to get on to talk all things college football with the national championship upon us. He is Danny Canell, appearing on behalf of our friends over at Bet Online. Go check out Bet Online for a plethora of national championship lines. They got the spread, all the prop bets you could want over there at Bet Online. Danny, welcome in, man. How are you?
1: I'm fantastic, Chris. It's a, it's kind of like bittersweet, right? We've got the f- you know the final game of the season here on monday and i'm excited about it. it's been an incredible playoff great bowl season and yet it means we're close to the end so i'm kind of sad like even thursday night sitting around like i'm like where's football you know no <laughs> nfl no it's like oh so i'm kind of bummed but i think we've uh we've had a great season and i hopefully we get a great championship game too
0: yeah I, and i want to start there i mean how how surprised are you that we're talking about the TCU Horned Frogs here in the National Championship because it just felt like all season long we kept going, oh, they're lucky to be here. Oh, but they're going to lose somewhere. And, you know, they lost the Big 12 title game. Obviously, that one was a close one. But, um, man, I'm just – I'm so impressed with that job that Sonny Dykes has done this year.
1: Totally agree with you. But I think to your question about how surprised are you, I think I'm surprised like everybody else. And I think even if you asked any college football analyst, like where – you know – did you believe TCU could make it to the championship game? And if you did, when did you believe that? I think most people would have said, well, it was when the clock hit zero against Michigan, right? I mean, because they were seven and a half point favorite against Michigan. So I don't, I, I, I for me, incredible. and I still think they were shocking people even though they got to the playoff, you know, cause they lost against Kansas state, But to your point about Sonny Dykes, I think also the way that he won this season, like Lincoln Riley brings with him Caleb Williams, you know, incredible quarterback, Heisman Trophy winner, brings with him Jordan Addison, brings Travis Dye. Like, he hit the transfer portal with five-star talent. Sonny Dykes hit the transfer portal, but not with the same level of... It's not like all of a sudden you had this roster filled with five-star talent. It was... He hit the needs of what they needed, but to me, this is more of a true coaching job where the players bought in he maximized the talent that was on his roster and got them to buy into a philosophy that has really been a huge reason why they're here
0: and the funny thing is he's already hitting the transfer portal for sec guys for next year he's got trey sanders jojo earl jack besh i mean he's getting all these guys from the sec loading up for next year already so be interested to see what they do next year um For one of the first times all year, Danny, we saw Georgia trailing late in a game, had to overcome some adversity to come back and beat Ohio State. How impressed were you with what Stetson Bennett was able to do and and lead the team down the field for that go-ahead drive?
1: I mean, there's such an advantage, and I'm sure Kirby Smart would tell tell you this, when you have a 25-year-old quarterback who's already got a national championship under his belt and who's been through a tremendous amount of adversity just based on his career arc. You know, somebody who started the career the way he did was never given a chance. Like, it's one thing for somebody to get benched or you have a pick six, and like that's your adversity, but he never knew he was going to get this opportunity. So, for him, that stress and pressure in that situation, yes, it's huge, but I think there's a reason why he thrives in those situations because, like, yeah, I've done this before. I've proved people wrong. Give me the ball. You know, just give me a chance. That's all he's ever wanted. So when he got it in the fourth quarter and needed that drive and he had five completions on the final drive and a touchdown pass to put him ahead, I'm like, it's exactly what you're going to get with Stetson Bennett. I mean, I thought it was phenomenal. I don't think he had his best game, and yet you look up, and I think he threw for 398 when it was all said and done, three touchdowns and a mistake. So one mistake, I thought it was exactly a very Stetson Bennett-like performance. It's kind of been the way his entire career has gone.
0: Why do people still hate him though? I I don't get it. Um, you know I I have people were were still saying you know last week he shouldn't have been in the Heisman. It should have been, you know Hendon Hooker and this guy and that guy. And then you know Eric Ainge the other day, uh, you know Knoxville Radio. He comes out and says he's a punk. I I I hate Stetson Bennett. And it's like, is it because all he does is wins? I mean I think he's like twenty eight and three as a starter. It's it's been impressive. Somebody said this to me the other day. So it's like Tom Brady. Like not comparing him to Tom Brady, but like all he does is wins. So he's hateable. Why do people still not like his? It? Because it he looks like Screech from Say by the Bell. Like, <laughs> it
1: could be with the haircut that he's got. First of all, Eric Ainge's comments, I think, were totally uncalled for. Like, it's one thing if you want to critique his quarterback play and his arm strength and stuff like that, but to call him a punk, I don't know. I just, I don't love that look. I think it's a bad look for Aaron, Eric Ainge personally. Um, maybe there's a look on his face that comes across that he was talking about. I don't know, it felt personal to me and I don't think there's ever a place to be per, you know take personal attacks at players playing in college football. I have taken some criticism Chris about the you know my assessment of Stetson Bennett. I put him 3rd in the Heisman and afterwards I'm like, "Man, did I do that because of his first half in the SEC Championship game where he had four touchdown passes and I think it was his best half of football he's had in his entire career uh, at Georgia. Like I think there's a part of it, I think the criticism comes from he's a beneficiary of incredible talent around him. But it's still he's going somebody's gotta be that guy. And there are other quarterbacks who have had great talent around them that couldn't win it for Georgia. You know, Jake Fromm before this, you know, came up just short, but couldn't get it done. And I think that's something when you look at Stetson Bennett, you got to give him credit for. You know, and if he goes back to back, he's going to be put up there as one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback in Georgia history. But I do think it comes down to the, well, he doesn't look, he's not going to be a first round pick. So, you know, how many different quarterbacks could have done what he's done? Well, there's only one Stetson Bennett. So the only answer we know for sure is him.
0: It's funny, uh, Danny, watching the games this pa- this past week, uh, you know, Alabama, they, they crushed Kansas State in the Sugar Bowl, and there were some people saying, oh, look, see, Alabama, they should have been in the playoff, look how good they are, and I i don't know about you, but watching how those two playoff games played out, who would you have taken out? Like, to me, like, Ohio State and TCU both proved they deserved to be in those games, so I i, I get it, Bama look great, they're talented. They should have taken care of business on the field, not had two losses. But I still – I just didn't get the argument Alabama should have been. Well, who are you taking
1: out? Thank goodness that the playoff unfolded the way it did because I think those voices that were for Alabama getting in would have been exponentially louder, you know, if you would have seen TCU get blown out or even Ohio State get blown out. I think Ohio State was really the only one you could compare to because – they didn't get to play in a conference championship game. You know, they, they, they at least TCU ran the table in the regular season, and at least they were close to a Kansas State team, even though they were battered up at the end. I totally agree with you, Chris. Like, if we just went off, and this is this is one thing that irked me when Nick Saban said it. I get it. He has to campaign for the Crimson Tide. It's his team. But when he goes on halftime of the Big Ten Championship and says, we'd be favored against most of these teams, and maybe all of them, including Georgia, Well, guess what? You were also favored against Tennessee, and you were also favored against LSU when you lost those games, You know where you were a heavy favorite against Texas and almost lost that game. Same thing with Texas A&M. At some point, and hopefully we get to a better place, and I think we will get there with 12 teams, it's got to be just what do you do on the field? It can't be an eye test or a beauty contest or who do you pick, even though that's where we are. I want to eliminate as much as we can off of the opinions and – thoughts and picks of who do we think is the best team and let them go do it on the field because if we just did it off eye test Alabama would play for the national championship every year and they almost do because they are one of the best looking and most talented teams in the country every single year but you still have to go out there and prove it on the field and unfortunately for the Crimson Tide they didn't do it this year
0: yeah I'm with you the the games have to matter more with Danny Cannell in just a sec
1: more with Danny Cannell
0: in just a second, but want to remind you guys that betonline.net is your number one source for all your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. You can get all the latest odds and trends for all the pro and amateur leagues out there at Bet online, of course, they got all the stuff going up there tonight with the national championship game. They've got uh, odds on the, who's going to score the first touchdown, uh, MVP odds, Stetson Bennett's up there, but you can get some pretty good odds on uh, some of those Georgia running backs if you want to take a shot on Kenny McIntosh or one of the other guys. They got it up there for you at BetOnline. They are the fastest and easiest way for you to get all your betting information. Head on over to their website today. You could do so on your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, it is where the game starts. Again, get in on the action The line right now. Still Georgia minus 12.5. If you think Georgia covers that number, wins big like I do, then go bet on the Bulldogs to cover that number. If you think TCU's got a shot at the upset or just to cover, you can do it right there at BetOnline. It is BetOnline.net for all your information. It is BetOnline, and it's where the game starts. Continue our conversation with the great Danny Cannell, of course, uh, appearing on behalf of our friends over at Bet Online. I want to get back into the uh, championship game here in just a sec, Danny, but just a couple quick hitters with some thoughts on things going around the SEC. Your thoughts on Bobby Petrino coming back to the SEC, this time as OC at Texas A&M. I, I keep hearing people say 50-50, man. Like, there are some people super excited, going, this is a great hire. He's going to have five-star talent to play with. And then I keep hearing other people say this could be a train wreck. It could be a disaster, where are you on Petrino at AM?
1: Chris, I love it for our industry. We talk <laughs> about it. You know, we talk about college football. I think it's going to provide a lot of conversation. And I know it's going to seem like a cop out, but I would put it like, yeah, let me flip a coin because I do think it could be spectacular. I, could, I think it could be everything that Tex AM needs. When I see Jimbo Fisher's offense and I see the way it's, kind of gone downhill you know both statistically and when you just watch it as far as winning games and it imploded you know in front of them. and it wasn't just the offense but I think it Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher himself could use a fresh infusion, a fresh set of eyes to come in and take over the offense but that's the question like is Bobby Petrino just being handed the reins full go like it is all yours or is Jimbo? Are they going to work collaboratively? Is it going to be a you know a, one where they work together? I question how well that could work. And then there's also the aspect with personalities and egos become involved. If it falters, it could be incredibly combustible. You know, I think that's a reality of what could unfold too. I hope it works because I do think I've been one that said, "Man, if Jimbo." would give up the reins and have somebody who has a different set of eyes and a fresher set, more of an adaptable mindset on offense, an incredible offensive mind, I think it could work. Because he, Jimbo, I think at this point, could learn a tremendous amount. So he's obviously taken a lot from Nick Saban, who he coached under at LSU, and he's also taken a lot from what he learned under Bobby Bowden at Florida State. Bobby Bowden, who I played for, was a figurehead, a CEO who delegated authority. If that's the kind of, this is the turning point of Jimbo's career where he says, all right, let me let me take more of the Bobby Bowden approach, and he can still use some of the Nick Saban influence too, but be the great recruiter, which we know he is, be the great motivator, which we know he is. He's won national championships. Be the face of the program and then delegate the authority to DJ Durkin and Bobby Petrino. I think that could be something that works incredibly well and maybe helps Texas A&M bring that national championship to College Station. So I hope it works, but I also think there's a very real possibility it could be an absolute disaster, which is what's going to make it really intriguing to watch it unfold. And I'll say there's another hire that took place, shoot, was it six, seven years ago, that looked peculiar, like these personalities are going to work. Lane Kiffin. When Lane Kiffin went to Alabama, it was, wait, Nick Saban, straight line, all business. He's hiring Lane Kiffin, the quirky personality on social media. Like, is this going to work? And, the, you know, we've seen how it worked. It worked phenomenally well. So I think it can, and I hope it does, but I think there's also some risk involved.
0: Yeah, I, I thought the same thing with Bill O'Brien. They called him Teapot New England when we went to hit Alabama. said, so, well, he better keep his mouth shut. And he's kept his mouth shut. He hasn't gotten into a Nick Saban, and it's worked out. So we will see. Uh, another quick thought, we start, we're starting to hear a lot of guys coming back next year. Uh, obviously, Joe Milton at Tennessee, you know, a, a great performance against Clemson. The stage is set for Tennessee to be, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if people pick them as the favorite next year over Georgia. LSU, they're getting Jaden Daniels back now. Alabama, they got to still figure out the quarterback thing. Just kind of early look ahead to next year. I mean, everybody's probably going to default to Georgia-Bama again, but – LSU, Tennessee, maybe teams to watch heading into next year?
1: For sure. I think South Carolina is another one, the way they finished the season with an eight-win year. Um, But I think the trendy picks probably is going to be LSU a little bit slightly over Tennessee. I just think you know the fact that Tennessee came up short against Georgia, now they catch them at home next year, so that'll be interesting. I still think there's going to be some questions around Joe Milton, even though he looked great. Uh, without Jalen Hyland, without a lot of weapons against Clemson, but he's been a little bit more up and down. I'll tell you what's an incredible value for Joe Milton is the fact that he watched Hendon Hooker in that system execute it the way he did. So, there's always a tendency for younger quarterbacks or inexperienced quarterbacks to try to do too much. All you got to do is watch what Joe or uh, what Hendon Hooker did in that system, and be like, man, I can do that. And I think physically, he's got the same skill set. And I think Josh Heupel's got that offense rolling. I think the defense is going to get better, and they're going to pick up on the recruiting and NIL game as good as anybody. So I think there'll be an opportunity for them, especially with you know Florida's down, what happens at floor this year. Like It does look like the SEC East could be determined by a matchup against Georgia and Knoxville. But I do think what's going to be really, I think probably the biggest get as far as return was Jaden Daniels coming back. Uh, for Brian Kelly. It, it, he had a phenomenal year. I didn't see that coming. I don't think a lot of people did. He made great decisions to his, to his uh, with the football. The dual threat aspect provides, you know, gives you defenses a headache to deal with. And we got the version of him that we saw glimpses of his freshman year at Arizona State, where he was kind of a trendy Heisman pick. I think he's going to be in the same position again. And I think Alabama, I think the, the question marks about Bama are valid like yes, they've got the number one recruiting class and yes, they blew out Kansas State and looked like they were focused, but they still lost two games with the best quarterback in the country and the best defensive player in the country like is and they have to replace both of them and they lost a lot of guys in the portal like I think there's some I think Clemson or excuse me much like Clemson. I think Alabama looks more vulnerable than they have in the past decade, which is, and I think it's a fair assessment of Bama. I don't think it's just taking shots at Bama. I think they have some serious questions and soul-searching to do within that program to get back to where they want to be, which is winning a national championship almost every year.
0: Yeah, and speaking of the national championship, if Kirby wins this one, it'll be back-to-back after all those years of the drought of Georgia not being able to get over the hump. So let's get back into this one, Danny. Uh, what, what matchup intrigues you most put, between Georgia and Ohio State? To me, you know, it's the Georgia secondary because we saw them not play well in the ha- second half of the SEC championship game against LSU, and then we saw C.J. Stroud kind of pick them apart this past week. So to me, that's the biggest uh, matchup. But in your mind, what's the biggest matchup?
1: Totally agree. I think that's one of the biggest matchups because if you're going to beat Georgia and the teams that have done it, which are very you know few and far between, or challenged them, or come a field goal short, are teams that the quarterback has been spectacular. Bryce Young in last year's SEC championship game. Ohio State, the LSU game where they gave up 501 yards passing I mean, they were up so significantly. It was almost one of those ones where you're playing prevent. Don't give up the big play, and they gave up a lot of yardage, yardage, kind of in garbage time. I don't take that one with too much. You know, I don't look at that and put too much weight on that. But I do think where TCU could have some success is against them in the pass game, and they've got Quentin Johnston, who's a first round talent at wide receiver, and their you know second and third wide receiver are really good players. I do think. It'll probably be determined in the line of scrimmage, though, both sides of the field. And for one, if the defensive line can get to Max Duggan and corral him, don't let him run, but pressure him, then it's going to be a lot harder for him to get the ball downfield to you know the weapons that he's got. And then on the, on the other side, uh, Georgia wants to run the football. They want to establish the run. And Stetson Bennett can throw it, but I don't think that's who they want to be. Can they do what Michigan couldn't And Michigan had some success running the football, but I think most people were surprised. Man, they didn't roll all over TCU. I think George is going to try to do that. So I I love yours. And then I think the quarterback matchup. I think Max Duggan has to play an elite-level game, and I think Stetson Bennett has to be what he's been through his entire career, which is outstanding when he needs to be. I don't think he has to have a perfect game, but I think he'll be able to hit the big plays when he needs them.
0: Moment of truth, Danny. Uh, bet online. line. Uh, the line opened at about 13 and a half. It's come down to 12 and a half as of uh, our, our talking here. Um, it's still, it's a lot of points. And you can see everybody I've talked to is like, oh, man, I'm taking TCU in the points. But I just keep looking at if Georgia does, plays their game, and they get that early lead, man, they ground and pound, they wear you down, that three-headed run attack. And I could see them pulling away late, even if this one's close for three quarters. Where are we on the, uh, on the spread?
1: You and I, I think we're on the same exact page. I think you either lay them with Georgia or you sit back and watch. I I just, I feel like everybody and their brother is on TCU. You know, a lot of the public money's on TCU. So that should tell you Georgia lay the 12 and a half. But I also look at, all right, are we really going to see them in back-to-back games get torched the way they did against Ohio state? And by the way, CJ Stroud is probably going to be a top three pick in the NFL draft. So you got, and I don't think Max Duggan will be. He's a good quarterback, great college quarterback. I don't think he's an elite of a thrower. And I do think the skill positions at Ohio State are at an elite level. And I think TCU is a little bit below that, not to diminish what TCU can do offensively, but I think they're a little bit more scheme based. And now Kirby's got, the game film that he saw all season long, but also what they did against Michigan on both sides of the ball. I just think it's going to be a matchup where you've got to go with, there's a reason they're a 12 and a half point favorite. And by the way, before we saw TCU beat Michigan, it probably would have been a 15 and a half point favorite. Like if we didn't see that game. So there's also some reaction to, Oh, well they beat Michigan and Michigan. You could argue maybe should have beat them if they played better, didn't have two pick sixes. So, Maybe we're reading too much into their win over Michigan, which, again, doesn't diminish what TCU did. They did win the game. I think there's just too much talent across the board. And I totally agree with your assessment of how it'll play out. TCU's played from behind most of the season. Not against Michigan, but most of the season they played from behind. Georgia's going to probably get ahead, and then I think they lean on, which is another reason I like the under. I think you could be hanging on to your shirt a little bit, and you're hanging on to your hat in the second half. Like, ooh, is there a backdoor cover? I think Georgia will slow the game down, keep it away from once they get that 14 to 17 point lead. And I think they'll be able to just kind of squeeze the life out and don't give up the big play in the past game in the second half. And I think they'll pull away late to cover.
0: Yeah, I, th- I like that because we just saw these two massive score score fest playoff games. It would be poetic for the championship game to be some like low scoring defensive battle. So we will see. He is Danny uh, Cannell, of course, courtesy for friends over Bet Online. They got all your uh, bases covered for betting on this championship game. Go check them out at Bet Online. Danny, thanks so much for the time, man. As always, we appreciate it.
1: Appreciate it, Chris. Let's hope we get a great game.
0: Absolutely. We'll talk again soon, Danny. Thanks so much. He is Danny Cannell there of Bet Online. This has been Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Check out the Locked On Today podcast, talking about all the biggest news and stories throughout the uh, football world. I'm Chris Gordy. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow right here on Locked On SEC.